Yosef, you had a name for today? Yeah. Um, Miguel Batefraim. Liel Dina Batefraim. Okay, we also, the month of the month of Tevet, sponsored by the Englinoff, Liel Nishmat, Avram Chai ben Yosef Shimon, and the week by... Zava Englard, Norman Shapiro, in honor of their sons, by Brandon and Eliza Beer for the Yorzeit of Shia Rivka, Bat Elchanan Yitzchak, Zichon Alibracha, and by Sharona and Benzion Blank, in honor of their son Tzvi's uh, offer of this past Shabbos and his wedding tonight, Baruch Hashem, to Emuna and Armon. Emuna Armon. Brandon, we just mentioned right now, we just mentioned the name, Shifka Rivka Bat Elchanan Yitzchak, and for the Chassan for tonight, you know who he is, he's the sweet guy, he davens for the Ahmed here a lot, he is a uh, yeah, he's this really young kid. He has a he wears a, a bekasha. Uh, he wears a gartel. He has long pants. He sits in the back. The, what, the yeah, yeah, beautiful guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's getting married tonight. Yeah, yeah. He's a great. He's a he's a great guy. Also, one one more important thing. I just can't. This is a name I'm probably never gonna. I have to verify, but the first name I can definitely never forget. We were um, met this yid from uh, from Beiri this week. That uh, his his brother is a gibor Israel That was uh, after seven hours, seven hours of battle um, in Beiri. He ran out of ammunition, and he saved tons of lives. And the Machshmamim ended his physical life in this world. In the Mir, in the famous Mir Pa'a in Beiri, there was a whole story of what happened in the Mir Pa'a. It was a, uh, I think it was a dentist's uh, office. Anyway, I haven't processed that trip at all. I'll, I'll maybe share it a, a different time because it's not hasn't begun to even go inside what, what the eyes saw, what the ears heard, and more importantly, what the nose smelled. This is something that I've never experienced before in my life. Is it on? Off. Yeah. Um, but his brother's name was Shachar. His last name was Tzemach, Shachar Tzemach. I don't remember the mother's name. For now, Shachar ben Sarah, because uh, this yid is giving his wife instructions while she's in the house, in the other, in their home, and he went out to go fight in the, on the roads of Beirin. and he's giving his wife directions how to block the door with the fridge and all these things, and he's saving lives. And None of us have processed anything yet, nothing. But I wanna, I'm thinking about him non-stop. His name is Shachar. His name was Shachar Tzemach. So Shachar ben Sarah. So there's a lot more, a lot more to see on the Inyan, and we're running to light. We're going to, to Or. We're going to go and continue to, to journey this, this journey of Tikkun Medina, fixing the Medina, which needs such a, such, it's such a crucial need for, tik, for Tikkun. It's not to be believed. But we're up for the task. We have no other, we have no other, we have no other efsharut, no other possibility, other than fleeing. But we're here to try to fix, to try to figure things out. You see on page Chaf Beis, do you see where it says Lechatchila Ariver? Daf Chaf Beis. It's Rav Ginsburg's Tikkun Medina Matzama Siel Pia Kabbalah. So 
Today, we're going to be learning a very important... Does everyone have pages? Does, that, does anyone need... There should be plenty on the table. Yeah, yeah, continuation of Monday, of Monday's teaching. These are for you guys. You can hold on to it, and if you want to, you know, write notes on it, and that, that's all good. You know, this is... We have to learn a very basic concept in Kabbalah today. But to illustrate it, I'll give you the greatest example that I can. For, you know that I, I moved to Eretz Yisrael when I was nine, from, from Los Angeles, and I lived here from nine to like 16. Then at 16, my family moved back to Los Angeles, and I was more or less in Los Angeles from 16 to 22. I was already into all this, you know, this stuff at 16, from while I was in high school here, I already, you know, started getting into, when I say this stuff, like, you know, this this stuff, you know. But when I went back to America, um, I was still in high school. I was in, in the, it was a very bizarre, weird kufa. It was middle of 11th grade. And it, even though I remember my friends that I knew when I was a kid in Los Angeles, when I moved back at 11th grade, I couldn't relate to any of the people that I knew growing up because... Those years, you know, ni- 1989 till 1996 here, where basically you went through Oslo, and you went through, you went through, you saw it, you know, funeral after funeral, and bus bombings, and suicide, like Hashem, Hashem Yirachim. So coming back to Los Angeles, I, I could barely, even though I, I, it is like my childhood friends, loyally I could barely talk to them, to any of them. So who would I hang out with? Chavra that were much older. The more the hippies, because at least with them I was connecting on like more spiritual stuff, like the hippier chavra, right? The problem is, hippies in Los Angeles, right? It's a different. Well, I don't know if you know, like that, you know. Never. <laughs> yeah. Israel's family is from there, you know. The the hippie. A lot of your Abba's oh, friends were from there. Age, age one, I'm here, so I don't yeah, know. but you you I'll tell you, what you saw. I've what you saw plenty in your life of of, of what I'm about to say. Bid uh, you what I'm about to say. Orot de Tohu. This is the concept. Orot de Tohu. What does that mean? It means a lot of people with a lot, a lot of light and zero vessels. Right? A lot of light. People that the world would write them off saying they're crazy. They weren't crazy. They just didn't have any idea what to do, how to implement, how to be an Olam with all the light that they were connected to. Orot de tohu, right? To, what's tohu? Chaos, right? So orot doesn't... The, the normal person would look them on the street and be like, ah, oh, this guy's gone. It's not... It took, because of Reb Shlomo, because of Reb Shlomo, I was privileged to realize that the chevra in front of me, that the world is writing off, there's something there. They just have very little ability to put things into... To harness it, there, there, there was nothing really there, right? So there's a concept in Kabbalah that's called Oros de Tohu, Bekelim de Tikkun. And vessels are in the world of fixing, Olam Tikkun, the world of fixing. Now this is, I'm going to try to explain this to the best of my ability, even though it's, it's, very, very, it's a very deep concept, but if we're trying to really plunge into the light of what we have to do over here, we have to realize this thing is like very, very Yisodi. What we have to do right now 
The light that we have to bring into the world right now is coming from a world of oros, of, of, a, of, a, of a larger world, much bigger than what we see in front of us. Because with what we see in front of us right now, right, what we have in front of us right now, we have very little to work with. And we have so much to do. Like, does, does anyone think that another Kiruv and Achdus Shabbaton is the fixing of the, of the, of the Medina right now? <laughs> Even saying those words is like funny already, right? We need to draw light from a place that Olam is, is is still strange to, it's still foreign to. Now, what happened when we, when we received Eretz Yisrael again? What kind of aura came down to the world? Orot, orot lights from a, from a different planet. What kind of vessels were ready for this light? Think about it. What kind of vessels did we place to receive the light of coming back to Eretz Yisrael? Yeah. Broken. Even if we even if we did, they're very, very small lights that couldn't really contain what it means that the Jewish people came back to Eretz after two thousand years. So we filled it with, with as much military right force as possible because we were still in an ongoing and we still are in an ongoing battle to just maintain survival, Nachon. But the Avodah really is figuring out this concept called Orot de Tohu Bekalim de Tikun. Now, this is a very, very important piece. It's a very important piece. And Rav Ginsburg is going to show us a sicha from the Rebbe that's going to help us understand what the actual avodah is right now. Or yeah. The, or the, the toe is like it's a, it's a negative thing? Or all the lights are for the toe? Azel. Very good question. Because it sounds like it's tohu, so it's a negative thing, right? Like I have a whole, whole chevre here that I have. And they know I call them the tohu chevre. They're my best friends, but... When, when I go to like, there, if I, I did a chopa of one of them. He's like the chief of the tohu chavre, right? I saw more toes at that wedding than I've seen in any gathering before. Toes? Yeah. No one was wearing shoes, meaning there was, like, everyone was... <laughs> so it was, it was really tohu, it was like, really like, <laughs> the tohu chavre, right? And these are the biggest neshamas, honestly, I'll be very, very frank, okay? I can, at a, to, to a certain extent... I feel so much more at home with them than than a lot of the places I, I generally find myself spending time with because they're thinking big. They're, 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 it's expansive mindset. They don't get stuck in shallow ideas and shallow concepts. But at a certain point, the tohu chevra, they're beautiful, but even that chevra is at the end when, there's a, when things are really, really, you know, going... Fafalin, they, they come to the Kalim Chevre to try to figure out to save their lives. And some of us grew up in certain communities and areas that was basically a whole world of Oro de Tohu. Mm-hmm. And the Chevre that left that world, it's because they just wanted Kalim, they just wanted Kalim, they just wanted to be in this world, be able to be here and make something for themselves and to hold on to their life, right? Now, Rav Ginsburg is going to show us, this is, this is really a, an, an important way of understanding our matzav here. We came to Eretz Yisrael in Chodesh Iyar, right? We're focusing on the month of Iyar. But, you know, the Yom Atzmaut and Yom Yerushalayim, Chodesh Iyar. And there's a second chance right now for us, every single day, but especially now, to figure out how to create a new world where there's a mizug, where there's a merger between the Oros of Olam HaTohu 
and Kalim of Olam Hatikun. The world we're in right now is called Olam Hatikun. The world higher than this world, even before this world was created, based on the Kabbalah, is called Olam Hatohu. What happened in the world where there was so much light, but there was not enough place to contain such light, there was an action that happened. What was that called? Shvira Sakalim. That means the shattering of vessels. Shattering of vessels. And then light only started to trickle in from that higher world into what the world that we're in right now, that's called Olam Hatikun. And that's why I keep on saying that you think that you think we've, we, we're, you think we have high moments right now in this Olam Hatikun. We ain't seen nothing yet because we still have to work. The Geula status is the merge, is the harmonious merging between light that's coming from Olam Hatohu, the world that couldn't, it couldn't contain before there was Shvira Sakelim, into Olam, into the Olam Hatikun creating vessels in the Olam Hatikun. I have a good friend in Beit Shemesh. Every time I ask him uh, how he's doing and things are good, he always says the same things. Oros Bekelim, Oros Bekelim. That means things are good. We're experiencing light in the home and there's a vessel to contain it. Like that's the ideal. Orot Bekelim, light within vessels. Now there's plenty and plenty of more to expound upon this. And the Alter Rebbe has so much to say about this and the Rebbe spoke about this, but when the Rebbe was starting to speak about Geula more and more and more, he came back to this concept and he made some very clear comments that are directing us to what the Avoda needs to be here right now. Because it's clear to us here that unless there's a whole Ashpa, this whole new um, world of Or that's coming down into the world that we haven't experienced before, together with the vessels that we are so connected to already being here, it's going to continue to, we're just going to continue to get confused over here. More and more and more confusion. So we have to go, we have to, we have to understand that the avoda for today is to attach ourselves to a light that our door and our people here, we have yet to experience. And it's been dragged down, nimshach, drawn down from what's called olam, the to, like the world, the world of to, the world before this world. Shvira Sakenin. When someone says they're shvirat akinim, what does that mean? They lost their mind? No, it means they're not able to contain how, how all the things that are going on in their head. You know, I had a, to explain this just one more dugma. I had a rebbe in in um, he, he comes to daven with us. He used to come more often. Um, he lives in the Dekel, Rabbi Schrader, Rabbi Menachem Schrader. You know Rabbi Schrader. <laughs> In Shir, sometimes I would sit with in Shir, and I see he was trying to give over to us very, very, very like strong teachings like from the Gemara, just explaining to us a sugya that in his head all the light was there; it all mounted up, it was all adding up. And I saw the pain on his face as he was trying to convey that to us in Kalim. In his mind, in the world of his mind, his private olam of or. It all added up. I saw, I, was, I would see it all. Do you remember this? Do you remember, do you ever, were you ever in this year? I would see him trying so hard to give over what was going on clearly over here in the world of light. And, so, and sometimes it looked torturous. It looked torturous. It's a, very, it's a very interesting thing to see. Like sometimes a person could be so clear in their, in their head, in their mind, in their world of light, Right? <laughs> But to be able to bring that out can sometimes, not by Chas Chalila, but 
by, by Syrian people, it can cause what's called shvirata kelim, that the, let the vessels just shatter, because the vessels aren't strong enough to contain the light that it's trying to hold. I would say that on a certain level, this country has experienced a continuous shvirata kelim since the moment we came here. Have we been able to contain the actual light of the Jewish people returning home after 2,000 years? Do we, did we even understand in the first place what that actually really means? Like, what does that even really mean? What does it mean? So, let's see, let's see now how Rav Ginsburg will guide us to, to understand this essential piece in our journey and attempt to play, to be a, a play a role of the tikkun that the Medina needs here right now. Remember, Chavre, it's easy to write the whole thing off. It's easy to just say, Kulam po reshaim, Kulam po tfukim, Kulam po nochlim. Everyone's a thief. Everyone's a con artist. Everyone's a, a, a mishumad. Everyone's a kofer. Everyone's erev rav. It's so easy to say that. So what, what, are, you, so what, what are you left with? You and a few chever that have made clear declarations that it's all rotten. And now what? That's not the way of the Baal Shem Tov. The way the Baal Shem Tov, like we said last week, uh, on Monday is Ripui Be'or. Healing with light. With light we're going to figure out how to do this work. Rav Ginsburg says, when we take a clear look at the mashav, um, how do you say that? The sources. No, there's a better word. Mashavim. Resources, right? When we take a clear look at the resources that we have today versus what we need to do, we realize, wow, we're, we're, we're nowhere close. Like, it, it doesn't look like, where, where are we going to receive the light that, where are we going to receive the real resources that we need to fix this door? Right? So someone will say, no, no, it's all in place. There's a Beit Mishpat Elyon, right there, you, you, you lost me, right? There's a Bagat, right there, you lost me. There's a Knesset, you're making me really depressed, right? Meaning, what do we have today that can answer and provide the plea for the ore that we actually really need? And we wonder, like, where are we going to receive the cough from? Rav Ginsburg teaches us in the Kabbalah that even if on the, on the surface it seems like what we just said right now and that there's nothing to get us out of this svach, and that's what many people feel when they look at the reality that's in front of them, the truth is there are great depths, there are depths, depths and sources of power that we haven't yet tapped into. They're here. They're, they're beneath the ground or above this, whatever it is. They exist. We just haven't tapped into it yet. There is much more than meets the eye. We could say this on a personal level. Sometimes you look at someone and you say, wow, nothing goes in, nothing comes out. This guy is just a stone. There's nothing going on over here, right? 
and maybe the whole tikkun of Eretz Yisrael is that you know Moshe Rabbeinu thought that he was talking to a, that he was talking to a stone, and he ended up hitting it. And our whole Indian is to realize even in things that seem like it's an ab- absolute rock, absolute stone, there's a there's there's something deeper going on beneath the surface. And uh, you know, in a lot of conversations that I'm having with people that are trying to do something good, what everyone's feeling now, anyone that's trying to work beneath the surface, is saying, no one's a stone right now. Like we talk from the am, from the leadership. These, this is bedrock. There's nothing. This is. I'm not even talking about that. From within the am, within the people, everyone's realizing there's res, there are reserv, reservoirs of depth that people have never been tapped into until now, and it's happening. It's happening. It just sounds and it looks different than what we're used to, but it's happening all the time. Mevuar Kabbalah, Let's understand this. Mevuar Kabbalah. The world was created in two general on two general stages. That's what I said before. The world of chaos, the olam and the world of fixing. So, when does the world of fixing begin? What do you think? When did the world of bereshit, right? It's also alluded into the the word we said on Monday. What's the first word of the of, of Olam Atikun? Bet, meaning this is the second start. Bez. Olam Atohu Akadmon Hayat Surat Kiyum Rabat Otsma. The world of Tohu, the, the this world that we we keep on referring to, was a tremendously powerful existent world. Shenoada likrisa biota bilti yetziva, but it was the most unstable world. And it was destined to collapse. Hakir akrisa, this this collapse, mechuna b'kabala shvira sakelim. That's what in the Kabbalah um, is is considered the shattering of vessels. Shechen mitziuto v'kiyumo shel olam bnuya al yecholto leachil betoch kelav et haarat oro shel abore. He's saying that the reality and the existence of the world is basically built upon its ability to contain within it vessels that can do what's word. The word is hachala. Hachala means lehachil. That means to contain that which it is, not that which it is, that which it has in it, right? If it can't contain that which it has in it, what will happen? Anarchy. It breaks. It collapses. Just to, again, I'm going to say these darts throughout the whole shir. The way things have been going for 70, 75 years in this country is an ongoing shvira sakelim over and over again, thinking that we've built enough vessels to contain the light that's called Yidin coming back to Eretz Yisrael after 2,000 years. And I'm not talking about the non-religious world right now. I'm talking about Dafka, what's called the Olama Torani, the religious world, that's under the assumption that the way we establish things is large enough to contain the light of what it means to actually come back here for two, after 2,000 years. Understand? Yeah, more or less? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's only called chaos to the Kli, but really the light of Hashem is not chaos. Chalila. Beyachas la Kli, very good. In, in, it's very important what Israel is saying. The light, it's not orodeto, meaning it's, it's bad light or chaotic light. In, 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 what's the right word? Beyachas? In relation. Thank you. In relation to to the vessel, it's con- video, It's considered that. 
right? Which? Yeah. What? Well, well, it's a bad life. Ah, bidiuk. No, no. Aefech. Just that we can't hold it. On the, on the, on the, on the absolute, mamash contrary. No, it's a mapiton. It's only called Torah. It's not Torah. It's all Hashem. It's so powerful. Well, what, uh, I'm saying in English, it sounds horrible. Chaos, the light of chaos. Hashem's chaos. No, but even in Hebrew, like Tohu is not a, it's not a Geshmak, like Shabbos, like a, yeah. Tohu Vavohu means Tohu Vavohu. It's this Orot that come from the world that they resulted in Tohu. Why? Because there was a Shvirat HaKinim over there. But you have to understand something obvious. Hashem knew this was going to be like this, right? Hashem knew this was going to happen. He didn't think that there would be enough vessels in Olam, uh, Olam Ato, right? He, he knew that it was going to be a shattering of vessels. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. It's not like Hashem made a mistake. Oh man, I put too much light here and then the whole thing collapsed. So it's still part of the plan now, till today, or no? Million achuz. Then we, we have to look at it like this. We have to keep on looking at it like this. Nachon? If it weren't this way, there would be no development. He's going to explain it. What would happen if it wasn't this way? Bidiuk. So again, Mitshaken Mitsiotovic, Kiumoshel Olam, Bnuyal, Yehotola, Hil, Betok Kelav, et Harat, Orot, Oroshelabore. When there's a break, when there's a shattering in a reality of a world, that means there's a shattering in one's capacity to contain. Same thing with the marriage. It's the same exact inyan. People that understand what it means that a man and woman are joined together to create a world and bring in the souls in the form of bodies, but they're not feeling the kli of the house with light, of course it's going to collapse and break. It's the same thing. We tow of a house. doesn't mean that what they brought into the house wasn't, uh, was, was I mean, in the form of a marriage and children, was chas v'sholem bad. It was the holiest thing in the world. But what vessels are you putting into that home? And so there's a shever. So there's a collapse. Meaning we have to... And we have to keep on going back to the analogies that will help us understand this on a personal level versus a national level. Always. Like we were talking a lot about on Monday, in the last year. Shedo b'metziyuto shel olam mashmauto shever b'yecholet le'achil ha'goremet le'ha'alamat or metziyut ha'boreit barach mibriyato. Do you know what a shever, you know what happens when there's a shattering of vessels? What, what do you feel instantly? Huh? Helem. Hiddenness. Where's, where are you, Hashem? You always go right away, God, where'd you go? How could you abandon me? Like, that's the result of, 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 that's how manifests. When there's this shattering, the immediate question is, where are you? Right? So it happens to us all the time here in this country. Where are you? So like, wait a second. <laughs> you, you, you came back to Eretz Yisrael after 2,000 years. More light came down. An abundance of light came down more than ever before Probably since by chaining, right? Vessels, you, you think that the, having, having uh, Bob Dylan play in Sultan's pool was like part of building the vessels of this country called Eretz Yisrael, or getting into what's called the Eurovision and singing a song and representing Israel is considered the clee for the or. What, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? 
or the fact that the the, the, the Tel Aviv, unfortunately, on, on certain times, uh, uh, is the international headquarters for the 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 Hefech Gamur from the word Gava, right? Vegan? Huh? Veganism? Veganism is the point. No, it is the headquarters of vegan also. So I was just throwing. Oh, oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't know. That could be, but yeah, but that that could be. Yeah. That could be a schmuck. I just don't think that's the whole ticket, you know. Again, like all these things, right? There was actually a video, I don't know if you guys saw it, of a chayal who was sitting down with two reporters and saying, people asked, where was God October 7th? And he said, well, he was there. Where were we? Oof. And this is a non-religious, wow. completely wow. non-religious chayal. Wow, what a line. I don't keep Shabbat. I don't keep anything. Nothing. What a line. People are at, he was there whatever, fighting, and people asked him, where was God, where was God? He said, oh, he was right there. Where were we? Wow. That's a... Send that, send that, even if you want to send it, send it. Wow. Okay, so let's, third, fourth line from the bottom of this paragraph. Im krisato v'shvirat kelav sh'olam ha-tohu ha-kadmon hechel ta'alich shel tikkun. From the moment that there was a shvirat ha-kelim of this previous world, Olam from that moment where the vessels shattered, a new process began. And what's that process called? Tikkun. Olam Tikkun. That's the world that we're in right now and that keeps on happening to us. And in this world, what happens in Olam Tikkun? What are we busy doing? kelim chadashim. New vessels are being built. And proper order begins to be placed. Ta'alich Tikkun. This process provides for us the Seder of the world of Tikkun. What didn't he say is happening in Olam Tikkun? He said definitely that there's vessels that are being produced here to contain something. But what doesn't seem to be happening as much in Olam Tikkun naturally? The light's more contracted, you can't see it. Hester, the contraction of light is harder to, it's, it's harder to detect. And it's harder to see. Similar to when you have the Shvirat it's, it's an ongoing process. But what happens to us is that when we're so Meshuabad, um, we're so enslaved to the process of just building Kalim, what, what do you lose sight of? You could have thousands of shuls that people are so proud of the vessel that they built, and you walk in there, and it's Choshech Mitzrayim. Sorry, you understand? I'm, I'm trying to bring it down to such levels that we can we could relate to, right? You could have places where the vessel was built really in order to contain godly light, which means hisgalus revelation, and in those places that are places that are meant to be headquarters of revelation, because the vessel is so strong, what's going on inside of it? Not nothing. But due to the nature of the shvira, it's hidden. The job is like this: not just that because we're in olam tikkun to build stronger vessels, but to not forget for a second why you're building vessels. L'shem ma is everything so misudar over here? Just l'shem being misudar, just to feel proper, just to feel. Inadequate, just to feel sorry, just to feel um, proud of a structure, or do we build vessels? 
with the constant drisha to say, okay, Hashem, this, this vessel is here, now here. This is a vessel. Now fill me up. Here, Hashem. Here's a vessel. Fill me up. The Astara is there, mitmachmas metzius olamatikum. Right? The Astara is there because of Shvirata Kelim. Our job over here is to remove Hastara, is to remove Ha'alama, is to remove concealment in a way that I can hold on to it and contain it. The vessel that I built here, I have to keep on reminding myself why I'm working so hard on being a mensch, building vessels all the time. Right? That is the, that is the seder of things. But what I'm pointing out is that sometimes we get so caught up in being so proud of ourselves that we've built such strong vessels that we forget what the purpose of building a vessel was even for. The purpose of building a vessel in this world is only to come to Hashem and say, He, you, you, you have, now, now there's space that can, there's more space now for you to remove more hastara, to contain more light. That's the Seder Hadvarim. That is not exactly how we have, that is not exactly how things have been unfolding since 1948. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the challenge of, of human beings anytime, all the time, because that requires a letting go of the sense of security about what one has and what one knows and what one is, is used of to. Of course. So it's a, it's a the whole process that is expected here that is necessary. You know what it's ve- not just you know figuring what, out how to do it. You know what Dvekut really means? like Tveikus, what we always speak about, mm-hmm. it means that the me that I know is going to show up to Shul or wherever, wherever I am, and I'm going to get out of myself. I'm going to get out of myself and say, here, Hashem, I'm, 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 I just want to be close to you. And I have no real idea exactly what it's going to look like right afterwards. But that late state of vulnerability is generally where we run from, we run away from that all the time. Because we need to know exactly what it's going to be like, what we're going to look like. You know what they say about the Kotzke Rebbe? When he finished davening, they say this about the Kotzke Rebbe, when he finished davening, it took him like 15 minutes to, to remember Bichlal, where he was. They say, I remember I, the stories about the Vorker Rebbe, maybe the Babava Rebbe, <coughs> is that he looked different after every time he went to the mikvah before Shabbos, like he actually, he looked different. Like he was open to saying, listen, I'm, if, if I'm really open to have, I'm working so hard all week long on a vessel in this world, so I can makabel pnei Shabbos malkasa, huh? then I go into the mikvah before Shabbos, and I'm fully in, and saying, Hashem, now put your light, pour your light on me. So he actually, some they say, some of these tzaddikim actually started to look different because they were just completely mevuto to the light that Hashem wanted to place inside of them. That's vulnerability. Shabikdusha. Mm-hmm. And this is the this is the this is the tension we have of like trying to make sure that we're all alakalka. We're all here. We're in this world. We're very much in this world. We're building. It's bebechule. However, what's the point of all the building? What's the point of all the kalim? It's only for one thing, to contain more of you, Hashem, in this world. And I don't know exactly what that looks like afterwards. You want to say something? I want you to say something, but whatever. Can I just, can I just give a small, uh... <laughs> no, 
<laughs> two things I want to just point out really quickly that because I think they're important to think about. We say that the world of Tohu preceded this world, and I might not have the vessels to explain what I'm thinking, but I don't know if we should look at it in a timeline. That there once was a world of Tohu, and it, and it collapsed, and then there was the creation of this world. But that it, it precedes us conceptually, but not in a timeline. I like to think of it as that. The world of Tohu is always happening, conceptually before everything that's happening here, but it's, it's a constant thing. There's a constant breaking of these vessels and descending of light into this world. Chashuv. Another thing that I just, like an easy way to look at it, I think, the light's the light, right? We're saying biyachas lezeh, biyachas lezeh. The light's the light. But the world of Tohu is a place where the light is so powerful, it's so ideal, but the vessels are weak, Right? So, it, so it, it couldn't contain the light, so it shattered. All that shattering of the light came down and descended into this world. This is a world where the light's here, but here the vessels are huge and thick, right? So the light's the light. The light's here, the light's, the light's here, the light's there. There the light's shining in this most chaotic, ideal way, and the light's here, but it's totally hidden because the vessels are so big and covering it up. It's hiding it, it's concealing it, it's klipa, right? So it's like... The same thing. It's just here, everything's hidden, and there, everything was just overly revealed. <coughs> that makes any sense. And the job, and, and like we said before, the whole nisayon that we're trying to do down here is merge both worlds in a in a in a manner of what the Rebbe is going to explain to us in a second. Now you could come and think and say, well, why Hashem? Why did you create it like that from the beginning? If you know that it was noad lekrisa, if you if you knew that it was just going to be, you know, d- 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 destroyed. Ah, very good, Shrel. Is there a problem that there's a chaos? Hold on to that thought for a second. Let's see how Rav Ginsburg takes this, because there's a lot of ways to go over here. Especially in Chabad, when you see the Chabad thinkers, you see they take this concept, there's a lot of different, they all get to the same conclusion, but there's a lot of different paths in order to understand these very fundamental questions. So it's very good what you're asking. So Rav Ginsburg, you know, I feel like, honestly, I feel like Rav Ginsburg is talking, but whenever he teaches, he's like, you're looking at someone that's experiencing right now, Oros Me'olam Hato. Because, not for him, for him it's all in, 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 in Kalim. But for you, the person that doesn't have the Kalim, you're saying, wow, this is just, this is just wild, you know? This is just what you know, they had to drag him off the stage in Binyanei Oma a, a few weeks ago, at one in the morning, and, because they had to shut the lights off there, and he started at eight. It started like eight, eight thirty, right? <laughs> so my friend called me, his driver, and because uh, I had a question about like when, when did he actually come up with that gematria that Vani Eftach Bach is gematria Hamas, right? Remember, I think I shared it with some of you. Yeah. So he's and he said, yeah, yeah, it happened while he was singing the nigun Vani Eftach Bach. Suddenly the, those numbers appeared to him like that, right? Then the driver said to me, I said, well, how, what was the drive like back? Like an hour and something? He's like, no, no, we couldn't talk too much. He was busy downloading more. And the guy's sitting in the back typing all the stuff that he still wanted to continue give up on stage. Meaning, it's, you understand, for the guy that's sitting in his world, right, it's, I don't even know, like, we don't understand these concepts of the light revealed, concealed. But for the person down here with the kalim that are, you know, so limited... Or so covering over, it's like, it seems like it's all tohu. For us, it's all tohu, right? 
But it's all light. Now, like, like we said before, Briat HaOlama Tov, God creating this world of Tohu, Shenidon Merosh Likrisa. It's not that there was a mistake. It's not like, uh-oh, God realized I put too much light in here and now it's mm-hmm. collapsing. This was part of the plan, how it should be from the beginning. Meaning, a collapse of the vessels, the shattering, is embedded within the creation of the, of, of the world. It's not like there was a mistake and then things started to break and, and now we're trying to fix things. He says, Lo chas v'shalom larik. It wasn't God forbid for nothing. It's hashlachot. How do you say hashlachot? Ramifications? Consequences, ramifications are, are things that are influencing us in many of the areas of what, what is vital for our life. Next page. Rishit. Chavayata Shvira, the experience of breaking, where what happened, like we said before, Hashem went to go play hide and seek. That's really what breaking is. Banit alma mitziuta bereid barach mi briato, hi chavaya mechonenet, traumatit. That's an absolutely traumatic experience. The quest, that, that time, you know, the moment in life where you say, oh, where were you? Where are you? That's a traumatic experience, that, that, that moment in life, right? That moment in life. Where are you? Like, we have that a lot, like, like everyone should have shown bias, but like, where you think you're doing the best that you can or whatever, and then like, it just all explodes. At that moment, it's a traumatic experience. What the voice inside is saying is, where are you? Because there's hiddenness. No one knows what I'm talking about, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> I just wanted to hear those. Uh... No, it's not that. You're not saying, where are you? <laughs> right? No, the question, see, what's the tikkun for that? Oi! Efo ani? You know, where am I? That's the beginning of, of the real tikkun for that. But our nature, our natural place is to go to, where are you? You know, where were you? That's why that, what you said is so profound, what the Chayal said. Oh, where were we? Where were we? That the challenge of the concept of the Tzalem Elohim. That, of course. That when of course. Turn up. Of course. Hmm? Of course. Yeah. So this again, I chavaya mechonenet traumatit baderech lehit avut olam atikun. On the stages of of healing of ripui, there are traumatic moments in life that eventually will look back when we are in the place of healing. And we'll point with our finger and say, oh, that's the trauma that actually got me to start going to where I am now. Right? If you look back in life. You know, I, you know I'm a big chassid of going to 12-step meetings. And, and you hear a lot, a lot of times in these meetings that person that said, you know, I'm looking back at the trauma of rock bottom. And I realize if I didn't go rock bottom, there's no way I would have ended up where I'm sitting, the chair that I'm sitting in right now. You can't say that when you're rock bottom. I mean, you can, but you, it, doesn't, doesn't make, it doesn't mean anything. But these traumatic moments end up being the things that then say to us, oh my God, of course, thank God there was a Shabir HaSakelem. You can't say that when you're in the Shabir HaSakelem. You don't say that when you're in the Shabir HaSakelem. That's what we can say about October 7th in the future. Amen. And about the Shoah. You know, there's a Torah from Reb Shlomo that you just reminded me of. On Parashat Miketz, it's so deep. And it's such a chutzpah Torah, because it's like, it's, it's, it's hard to say it. And I, 
you know, I would never say it with my in front of my grandmother, mm -hmm. but he says that the, the reason why why Yosef Atzadik named his son Menashe is that the Torah says there Kinashani Elokim is Kolamali, right? Which means that God made he removed from me, he made me forget all the hard stuff I had to go through. So Ibshlomo said, what does that mean? Like he would he, he would want to forget all the stuff he went through? And why would he want to forget all the stuff that he went through that, that, that led him to where he is now? And Yosef Atzadik didn't seem like a person that... So he said a good thing. He said that Hashem Yisbarach blessed me with forgetting the painful part of, of meaning how much it hurt me. The fact that these things happened, I never forget. But when I look back at my experiences in life... I don't feel the same feeling of pain I did while I went through it. The betrayal from the brother. I know they happened. Mm -hmm. So then Reb Shlomo said like this, he said, there'll come a time that a Yid that went through Auschwitz will remember that Auschwitz happened, but he won't feel the agony, the, the stench of hell, right? So the trauma, meaning it's still there, but the activating buttons of what it did to me when I was going through it live don't activate those buttons to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why a woman has to bring a korban after she gives birth. You know that, right? One of the reasons why a woman brings a korban after she gives birth, Mephoshim tell us, is because she, she swears while she's giving birth that she's never, ever doing this again. <laughs> right. The Gemara speaks about this. Rashi brings it down over there. Right, then she brings a korban because yeah, that's the mitzvah of this world. Nachon, that trauma. Right, so sometimes the trauma. If I'm still holding on to that trauma, I'll never kiviachol give birth again, whatever that means. Right. So anyway, so let's continue. Vehi goremet when the when the second line. Vehi goremet lemitziuta shel efsharut abchira chovshit. You know what else shvir sakelim causes? Rav Ginsburg says, you know what really enables us to have Bechir HaChovshis, to have free will? Shvira Sakelem. Meaning, when there's such an abundance of light, I may be basking in the light to a certain extent, but what don't I, what don't I act, what don't I have? Free will. I don't have any free will. So he says, actually, Shvira Sakelem, this shattering of vessels, enables me to actually have Bechir HaChovshit. So he, says, so he looks back now and he says, This thing that, you, that seemed like it was a whole failure, he actually, This is actually a, a, a necessity in order for God to reign over a people who choose from their own Bechira to be under God's servitude. Meaning, there'd be no Bechira Chovshis if I, if I was able to just stay in Olam of Oroz Betohu. Because the light would be so, you know, over, what's the right word? Uh, okay. Overbearing. Overwhelming. Over, nachon, overwhelming. So this Shvira Sakelim enables me to actually have a choice to say, yeah, the me that I, the entity called me, I'm actually choosing this. I want this. This is what I want. So again, this is another important inyad of understanding the ramifications of Shvirat Kelim. Listen, for anyone today, after October 7th, 
to say, אני בוחר להיות פה. אני רוצה להיות פה. אני רוצה להיות עבד של השם פה, במקום הזה. After such hastara is such a moment of hamlachas Hashem in this world. It's making Hashem melech much greater than however Hashem was a melech for us before. נכון? Right? Do you understand? It's like the, the trauma, the trauma itself leads me to a decision that brings such kavod shamayim in the world that couldn't have been pre-trauma. Right? It's hard to say these things, especially now. You know, it's very hard to say these things. It's, hard to under, it's always hard to understand these things. But we try not to do it in a way that we could, it could sink into us. That's why I'm going very slowly with this. V'shenit, and just one more thing. כל אותם אורות אדירים ונפלאים שהעילו בעולמתו לא עבדו מן המציאות. Even though there was a shattering of vessels, and even though there's a concealment, all that light, that godly, infinite light, that seems to have gone into concealment, they didn't disappear from reality. They're just, they're here, they're just hiding really well. And we have to remember that. Now I just want to, just, let's give another word for Oroz de Toho. Let's come up with the word. What, what kind of emotion inside of you connotes Oroz de Toho? Like give it, huh? Yeah. Idealistic light. Give another more down-to-earth con- concept that we can relate to more. Indescribable. Huh? It's actually indescribable light. Right? No try connection. to give a describable light that would, that would trigger an emotion. That's what I'm trying to do over here. I'm thinking more like ennui, like this like, desire to, like existential anxiety, like wanting to be more, but not having the ability to do anything about it. And be, the opposite. Maybe I'm totally opposite. No, no, no. So it's good you're saying it. It's not that. Hope? It's not that. More than hope. Missing Missing Hashem. Uh, but in a, in a good way. Missing Hashem still feels like I'm... I'm saying like, what, what does Orot the Tohu mean? What, what, kind of, what kind of feeling would... You, what kind of emotion would that bring up in you if you were basking in that light 24-7? Ecstasy. Huh? Ecstasy. Ecstasy is probably the best. Huh? Hot light. Hot light? Is that like a drug in the 50, from the 50s you guys were on? <laughs> Hot lakad of it, here he goes. No, you got some, right? <laughs> Hot light. I never heard of that one before. Now, David, what, what did you actually, what, what did you mean? Oh, oh, oh the imagery, yeah. How about, how about... Um, because heat you can feel, light. Yeah, hot and inviting, like, yeah, just... Yeah, it, listen, we're trying to do the impossible right now. Of course, I'm just trying to bring it down as much as possible over here. We're talking about euphoria. Right. We're talking about huh? euphoria. Euphoria. Ah, euphoria. Euphoria. Yeah, you know where I felt that one time in my life? And, uh, like, mamash naturally. You ever been to Camp Simcha? You know what Camp Simcha is? Camp Simcha. <laughs> You've been to Camp Atzvus? <laughs> I want to tell you about Camp Simcha is the shtickle Mashiach in this world yeah. in the most unfortunate backwards way. It's a <coughs> camp for kids that are terminally ill with cancer. You been there? The I used to go and do concerts there when I was... T- you worked there. So the first day I was there, I took a walk in this magical, just magical garden. And I was 
hungry. Uh, I was thirsty. So I wanted to get a drink. And I was like, oh, shoot, I don't have any, I don't have any money. So the person, the guy that was giving me a toy, he's like, hey, check this out. Just hit the button. I said, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, try it. And I hit the button and a can came out. Because mm-hmm. there, there's no, it's not a... Hey. Yeah, it's just, and I know this is such a gosh me thing right now. That's cool. But do you understand what I did to my mind? I walked around for a few minutes. I was like, can you imagine if somehow we created a world that it actually works like this? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there'd be problems with khira and everything, but sometimes you get these tasters of, of, what, it, of what this looks like, right? He's saying over here, that this oros of to, lo avdume olam, they're not, they're not, they're in the world. They're just concealed. Even though the vessel's shattered and they're hiding some behind some really deep rocks, the sparks of them have scattered all over the world. And some of these sparks are where they where they literally found deep, deep inside of us. The Mahakim. Never find them or see them or anything. They Not true. Even if you reveal them and fix them and say a bracha, you still. You... No. Hasidus believes actually, Rashanta believes that you can find them and work with them in this. In fact, that's the whole avoid of us in finding them and working with them in this world in Allah Matikun to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. This is the Ishbit story that you shared yesterday. 100%. I'm saying, you say a bracha and a cup of coffee. You just need such a stir, you uplift them. He's not. He's you talking. Don't see nothing, you don't feel nothing. You, you don't know nothing. He's talking about much more than that. That's an easy you, example. Within you, within you, you're no, talking about talking coffee. coffee. You're talking about objects outside of you. But, but, but the avoda is in you. Remember the sign that they had on the door of the yeshiva of the Magid of Mizrich? Like that was the one yeshiva. If there was one yeshiva I've ever dreamed of going for one morning's man, it's walking in there by the Magid of Mizrich's table. And like, you know, asking uh, the person next to me if I could borrow a Gemara. What's your name? Oh, maybe Yitzchak. But may- maybe he has a better Gemara for you. What's his name? Oh, his name is Shneir Zalman. Right? The Alter Rebbe, Kedusha Slavi. Oh, but, but that guy in the back over there that's just like, looks like he's flying all day long. He knows really where the Gemaras are. What's his name? Brother Z. <laughs> Zusha. But his brother, you see him, he's Dveikus, Mincha time. You see him for three hours. What's his brother? Eli Melech. You had these cats in the same base medrash. What was the sign on the, on the, on the door going to the Magid of Mizrich's shul, yeshiva? We're not here to teach you anything that you don't already know and have. We're just trying to get you to find it within yourself. Yeah, I, I, I think like the greatest dream in the world, if we had a similar sign when you walk into Shirat David, everyone comes in on a Friday night and we say, we're not here to impose a new derech. All we're trying to do here with the dveikus that we're trying to, to bring out is to just direct you to that which you already have and already know crystal clear. So again, I just want to finish this paragraph. It's already late. These oros of Olam HaTohu are waiting Right now, in all of us, there is light that is waiting to be discovered and to be brought into a world that it could actually do something with in a clean. 
this whole land, this whole country is filled, 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 filled with the light that's waiting for Yidlach to discover and to use in the proper way, in the right way. Not, and I want to say totally, but not so much the way that we've been using it until now. God didn't despair on this a tremendous, powerful light of Torah. And he didn't remove it from, he didn't revoke it, he didn't remove it from creation completely. God could have said, ah, this is, forget it. I'm removing this, try to do the best you can. This, this deep, powerful headquarters of Koach, it's there for us. And if we find a way to go and tap into the Oros of Tohu and bring it in for it to work and conduct itself here in Olama Tikkun, it's an answer to all of our crisis, any crisis that we are in and any weakness that we find ourselves struggling with. But we have to know how to use it. Now, one of the fears that many people had over the years was that, and it, and it was a valid fear, and that's why people stayed away very much from Olam Kabbalah and Chassidus, is that those people that knew how to access this type of light would manipulate it. They would manipulate it. They would use it in a manner that would just bring them more koach, because this is the most powerful stuff in the world. Now, Baruch Hashem, you know, that's not, I'm, I'm, I'm not nervous about that happening right now and about any of us, that's not the, the, the scare today. But you understand that this kind of talk is saying to people, like, realize, you know, you have what, you have the, the, the magic wand, you have the answer. To, mm-hmm. And the, the, the crazy thing is that the only way that you could actually gain access is by relinquishing your power, relinquishing your gaiva. The only way that this comes to you is actually through hachna, through anava. It's the only way that you can actually gain access to such powerful light. Which in the in the world of kalim, it's the other way. It's the other way. How do you get? How do you build larger, you know, things and lafuch? So I'll just end with what and I shared. Gives you the anava. If you're if you're smart enough to realize that that's exactly the process, exactly the shvira guides you to realize, well, I'm, this is how I'm going to be re- receiving it again. And, you know, I just have to share this last thing with you, and I talked about it with Yossi yesterday. You know, Eretz Yisrael is called Eretz Knan, right? Knan is Hachna, right? And we're, at least, at, at least on, uh, to a certain extent, I've seen this so much right now, and I've seen it for years, but definitely right now, with the chevr that we met in Beiri. Now these guys, the, the, this kibbutz was founded in 1946, was it? 46, 47? It's a pre-state, pre right? And we went to Davin Mincha, and there's actually a shul there, which is, which is actually odd, because it's not exactly, you know, it, it, it's, not, it's not the place that, you know, you would ever go for Shabbos, put it like that, right? And... I, there was a book in the uh, in the shul that I saw called Sefer Sipur Bekneset Beiri, a whole story about the kibbutz, this shul. So I opened it and I started reading about the history of the shul, and it only 
they had a vote on it to actually have a shul or not in 2007. Shit, didn't have a shul before 2000. No. And there was a vote of the chaverim of the kibbutz. And it was 160 versus 116. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a simple thing. Bichlal, right? I, I took a picture of that document. I'm looking at it every day. Now, what, huh? Yeah, that's very, that's very old. That's very traumatizing. Yeah. Anyway, that's all right. I just want to keep my train of thought. So, the person that was giving us the tours of Ben Kibbutz there, and I can't explain to you what it is, but it's not like I'm trying to sound cute and sweet when I tell you I feel like he's so holy. It's not like a nice. I'm not trying to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Right. No, no, no. I actually, he has something that I don't have at all. And what, what is that? He's an ish adama. He's a chaklai. This guy, and you see his midot, the way he lives, his being is, he doesn't have an ounce of gaiva. He, and he, he's just a different breed. It's, just, it's like he's not caught in a lot of the stuff, other stuff that, that I get caught in or others. And I was thinking about it, like, what is it that he has that I want? Because I don't want to have a life without you, Hashem, the way that I know you. I, I only want deeper, right? It's because he's an ish adama. He has invested his physical being into the adama of Knan, the land itself. When you are invested in the land itself, building the land itself, it machnias you. It does. He's also a person that happened to tell us that 10 years ago, he chose to start thinking for himself, ideologically, and not to stop thinking about the way that he was raised. And he said he went over to the right wing 10 years ago, which is very, very rare for a guy like that. And I see now Jeremy has the hechsher to continue listening to the rest of the story, right? <laughs> I love you. So, I mean, but, it, but actually it didn't, uh, for me, that it didn't even matter. Like, that, that, that's not, when I was looking at this person, like, what are these people made out of? What? They, they're totza'a yeshira of the shvira, but it's all subconsciously. They're not, it's not a conscious decision to do it. It's just, this is who they are. And I feel like there's such an openness right now of a tikkun of, uh, on so many levels of or that can only come through hachna. Anyone that thinks that right now is the time, hey, people are vulnerable, let's go and get them with Shabbos and get them with Torah. I don't subscribe to that at all. It's not the way I'm thinking and looking about Am Yisrael right now. It's, yeah, let's offer them the beauty of, let's try to explain to them deeper what's going on with them on a soul level and, and invite them more, but let's humble ourselves before them and say, can you give us, please, what it means to be merged into the land and the levels that your three generations of family have been merged physically into this land, into the soil, producing crops, producing all the stuff we've been intaking, how many perc- how much percentage of what happens down there is what we're eating from? And 75%. Lo stam. These things, nothing is stam right now. But anyway, we're going to continue from here next time. Hachna and anava, as a result from Shvira Sakelim, is the method that we are going to continue to use to fill the vessels with light, to continue to do good things. Shkoyach, everyone.